Previously on Algoa FM. With us being fully immersed in the digital age, Algoa FM Breakfast decided to focus on the upholding of human rights on social media. So with approximately 30 million users in South Africa currently, social media is peppered with hate speech, harassment and defamation. In fact, South Africa ranks fourth in the world for cyberbullying. As such, the Human Rights Commission launched the Social Media Charter at Nelson Mandela University last week, and we are here for it. Chatting to us about the charter this morning is Dr. Eileen Carter, Provincial Manager of the South African Human Rights Council in the Eastern Cape. Dr. Carter, good morning and thank Thank you for joining us. Morning, Wayne. Morning, Lee. Morning to your listeners. Dr. Carter, are we going to jump straight into it? How have human rights been impacted by social media? Well, I think you've, you've, you've really captured it. We're in the digital age now, and uh, it doesn't mean that human rights should be left behind. Uh, human rights should become the infrastructure of this digital age as well. And uh, as it affects us, um, you know, walking in the streets, being at home, um, being in the community, it affects us online as well. So it has certainly had a great impact in terms of the complaints that the Human Rights Commission receives uh, in the Eastern Cape as well as nationally. And uh, it will continue to have that impact going forward as well. So, so you say you have seen an increase in cases being reported of human rights that are violated via social media? Absolutely. So the number one um, complaint that the Human Rights Commission receives relates to equality. Now, if we go down and we we dive a bit deeper, equality has harassment issues, hate speech issues, because people are quite ugly online with each other. Usually it's about things um, that we don't have any control over, Uh, our race, our gender, our sex, uh, our marital status, our, let's say, our um, HIV status. So, so these are things that are that, that what we call are designated identified groups in the Equality Act. So these are things we shouldn't be discriminated against. And unfortunately, we do receive a lot of complaints about this um, um, from complainants on the ground. And I mean, is this the reason for the development of social media charter? Yes, we need to uh, now almost guide ourselves. It's a self-moderating tool, basically. So we can always rely on the, um, the, the legislation that's available. We can rely on the social media companies as a whole as well to take down these posts. But we should start looking inward as well. How are we addressing our, our friends online? How are we communicating online? And are we, in fact, also guilty of human rights abuses? Now, if we say human rights, rights abuses, people think, you know, it might be these big things that they won't ascribe to. But in fact, harassing a woman online is a human rights abuse. Um, calling some, someone a racist name is a human rights abuse. And unfortunately, it is rife on social media. So the social media charter is for us to have a tool to guide us that number one, if we are a social media user, what do we do online? How best to navigate the space? And number two, if we have fallen victim to what I've mentioned just now, what can we do? So, Dr. Carter, you rightly say, I mean, um, the violation of human rights on social media is rife. And I think in part it's because perpetrators can easily hide their identity. How does the commission handle this aspect um, and the anonymity of it all? Yeah, it's it's quite easy to create an anonymous profile but what I can tell you is you don't remain anonymous forever if you have violated human rights so as the human rights commission we appoint tracing agents very easily so and we put them on your um, on your trace and then we can also subpoena 
anyone with information relating to um, your social media posts. So to give you an example, what we've done previously is we've issued a subpoena against Twitter in Silicon Valley, and we got their cooperation to provide us with the IP addresses, the cell phone numbers, the date on which uh, accounts were created to allow us to take an investigation further. So you can take the chance and remain anonymous only for a little while, but mm-hmm. when you become a, a human rights violator, you better believe that there are tools that we can make use of to, to, to identify you. It's strange as you mentioned Twitter, because I, I was saying just before we had this conversa- conversation on air now, is that I... I took a decision last week to deactivate my account on Twitter, which is very unnecessary because in in the role that I play, we need to be quite active on social media. And I did this because we have what you know, uh, we know as bots. And it's Mm. these people that create these accounts and then they just go for you, irrespective of who you are. And they attack you, you, Mm. they attack your name, they attack your brand, they attack your identity. Uh, What is the recourse uh, for an offense of of these attacks on on Twitter? (laughs) You know, Wayne, I'm so sorry that that has been your experience. But just as a footnote, before I go into the details, um, data has also shown us, and the Human Rights Commission has done our own snapshot survey, that unfortunately this has been the experiences of women and vulnerable groups so much more. Because uh, what happens is they become these, these targets for harassment. And, and at the end of the day, like you've done, they leave these platforms. So what happens is we create a, what we call the eco chamber online of those who shout the loudest becomes, you know, followed the most and they form the narrative. So I would encourage people just to remain online, report the bullies and report them and make use of the mechanisms that are um, available to you to navigate this space safely. So in your case, Ryan, I'm, again, I'm so sorry, but uh, there are, there's legislation available for you you to um, make use of depending on what type of harassment you have experienced. So without going into the details, I would like you to go through the social media charts as well. And then if you can see that there has been something that you can identify with, I do encourage you to report, report, report. Dr. Carter, I'm particularly interested in the children's social media charter. I mean, as parents, we often and very spontaneously share pics of our kids on social media, unwittingly aware that um, even that can be unsafe exposure. How do we protect our children and what tips do you have for making social media a safe space for our kids? Well, I do think as parents and just as general, you know, human beings, we need to safeguard the rights of our children. So the Constitution is clear, the Children's Act is clear, and international conventions are clear. The best interests of the child must remain paramount in anything and all that we do. So I would recommend we do have a child-friendly version of the social media charter. We've got infographics um, to allow kids also to have a look at what the parameters are without getting too bored with all of the content. And I recommend that we do navigate the space um, with a background of what we have provided to the public. Um, as parents, we can't be too safe. There are predators online, but just the, like there are predators um, you know, in the streets as well. So we need to have, be on high alert and we need to start learning you know and to navigate these new environments as well because um, the, the, the digital space is going to develop at a massive increase and we need to be keeping up and be maybe one step ahead as well. So we need to um, acquaint ourselves with these mechanisms. We need to acquaint ourselves with the platforms as well as as the safeguards which are available. Uh, We shouldn't be left behind because we cannot do that to the detriment of our kids. So again, I encourage everyone to have a look on our websites, on our social media um, platforms as well. The 
data is available there, the infographics are available there, and engage with us and let's see how we can create a safer space because it does look like we do have the um, the support of the social media um, houses, we've got the support of the NPA, we've got the support of the UN in this journey, but we need to be at the forefront of, of developing tech and human rights at this stage. Well, there you have it. It's easily accessible and whether you're a communications practitioner or a social media manager or a parent or a campaigner or just a casual social media user, it's certainly worth familiarizing yourself with. And um, Dr. Carter, thank you very much You know, for the fight for equality, um, for the fight for our human rights and for chatting to us this morning, Dr. Carter. Of course, uh, Eileen Carter, the provincial manager of the South African Human Rights Council in the Eastern Cape. Thank you so much. Algoa FM Breakfast is the business.